0: أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه للإمام في خطبته للإمام في خطبته person is obliged ritually obliged to be quiet and to listen to the imam during his khutbah we may have mentioned this before ila qur'an uh uh Allahu uh, 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 that when the qur'an is being recited be silent uh, uh uh be silent sorry listen to it and be silent so that uh, so that you know perchance you be uh, you you mercy be had on you and uh, one of the tafasir that i heard from the mashaykh was uh, له, uh is for the uh, uh, for the khutbah and uh is for the khutbah and ansitu is for the for the for the salat that uh, listen to it in the khutbah and and be silent for it during the salat and allah ta'ala knows best the hadith of the prophet sallallahu alaihi Wasallam: sahibika ansit وَالْإِمَامُ يَخْطُبُ فَقَدْ لَغَوْتَ مَنْ لَهُ رَوَاهُ الشَّيْخَانِ وَغَيْرُهُمَا The hadith of the Prophet that uh, uh, um, if you say or when you say to your companion while they're speaking or, or fidgeting around during the khutbah, just be quiet and listen. Um, that in and of itself is haram. Even that much itself is haram. In, in and in a narration of this hadith, the the addition is made that who, and whoever, uh, you know, that, that in itself is the, the, the haram, not paying attention, and whoever is not paying attention. Lahu lahu means like something that's meaningless, like doing something meaningless, and the person who's doing meaning, meaningless things in the khutbah, that person uh, jumaa doesn't. They don't. They don't. Their jumaa is not valid either. So. This is this is uh this is important and we talked about it a little bit last week as well but you know not to fidget around on your on your phones and even if you're taking notes and things like that just listen. Um, that has to do also with another issue which is that uh you know not everything is about the information you learn from stuff. So, so. Some some sometimes the uh, uh sometimes the spiritual uh benefit that you get from listening to the khutbah um, it transcends what talking happens and what information happens. Everybody's so uh, concerned about information and about what you know, what information they have, and there's a difference between knowledge, which is knowing and cert- certainty, and understanding, and just having a lot of information. So. An uh, nasu. People should face the the people should face the, the khatib as well. The people people should face the khatib as well. Uh, um, in the khutbah. So there is. Uh, uh, this has to do not only with those who are in the first row, because there is some some of the fuqaha that say the first row, their haqq is to uh, um, face the, the qibla. But uh, the text seems to indicate that, that, that this includes the people in the first row as well. And it also includes people who can't hear the khatib. This is another thing, right? We're... When you want to go open the door, we're talking about the the only thing you get from the khutbah, It's not just, uh, it's not just information. Nowadays, what do people say? They say, "Oh, Sheikh, I really, I really enjoyed your khutbah. and I'm like, "Oh, I'm glad, mashallah, I could entertain you, mashallah, thank you so much for that. I'm glad I could entertain you." Forget about that, Mufti Rashid Ahmed Ludianwi, Rahimullah Ta'ala. He was the Grand Mufti of the uh, Islamic Republic. Uh, 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 In one of Mufti Taqi's teachers, Uh, he used to be the khatib in the neighborhood that my my in-laws live in. So my father-in-law told me, someone actually came to him one time, and this is just, you're just asking to be like, mashallah, you're just asking to be given like a Sufic lesson and like uh, nafs reduction, when you do something stupid like this. But he went up to Mufti Rashid, and he said... uh, 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 um, he said oh mufti saab uh, 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 your khutbah every i love your khutbah because there's always a, i always have an increase in ma'lumat and in, in information you always tell me something new and mufti saab looks at him and says really that's not that's not what i give the khutbah for i give the khutbah hoping you'll have an increase in ma'mulat, and in, in your deeds So the idea is it's not it's not just the information that's there you know people say oh the khutbah is a uh, is a uh, uh, an occasion to discuss things that are important to the community. And okay, it is an occasion to do that, but that's not what the khutbah is. A car is a nice place to get warm when it's cold, but it's not a heater, it's a car. A car may have a nice sound system, a car may have Bluetooth, and a car may uh, you know do many things for you. But principally, what is it? It's a vehicle to get from point A to point B. If it fails, then there's better ways of heating yourself up, and etc. And there, you know, you go buy a stereo. You know, for thousand dollars, it's cheaper than a ten thousand dollar car, and the stereo will probably be better than the stereo that's in the car. So the khutbah is what? What is the khutbah primarily? It's mentioned in the book of Allah Taala. Fasa'u ila dhikrillah. It's the remembrance of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, which is primarily a spiritual thing. It's not. It's not primarily to discuss matters of importance and win friends, influence people, and uh, you know hobnob with the people running for city hall in your mustard ward because you need to get the permit in order to you know build the whatever basketball court without which uh, everyone you know all the Muslim youth are going to hell apparently, and uh, you know all these other wonderful and wonderful things that we do right but the khutbah is not for all of them primarily it's for the dhikr of allah ta'ala so this in the in the, the the occasion for bringing up this tirade which i bring up relatively frequently is is directly connected with the with the mas'ala that we said That people should face the khatib um it's written in the hashiya that e- e- even if they're in the first row and even if they can't hear him because <laughs> remember in the old days people couldn't and maybe mics you know mics go out sound systems go out etc cetera, etc cetera. It's still it's still a sunnah to face the khatib when you can't hear anything he's saying. So tell me something, and this is a big protest people have: say, oh, khutbah's in Arabic should be in English, blah blah blah. Which is fine. It's a it's a position of the of the madahib. if some person or people um, you know uh, seem to prefer it for whatever reason, usuli or otherwise. Hey, you know what? Good for, good for you. What wonderful, right? As a person who is like looking at the issue from uh, from from not uh, 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 without like a, a, a horse in the in the race, um, I find it silly. Like one of the arguments people say, "Oh well, you know, people can't hear it; they're not going to benefit from it." And the fact of the matter is, perhaps for the for a large portion of the history of the ummah, there are significant percentages of people uh, who couldn't hear the khutbah. Now, obviously, that's not ideal; it's not optimal. But the question comes up if you can't hear the khutbah is there any benefit in going to it? And what's the answer? Of course there is. Which means what? And is is not being able to hear the khutbah an excuse for not 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 attending it? Absolutely not. So what does that mean? That the the intention of the intention of the khutbah is primarily as a vehicle of re- remembrance and the intention of the khutbah is primarily spiritual rather than intellectual or any of these other wonderful, wonderful things that I'm not against at all. No, Sheikh said that, you know, you don't have to understand anything. You just show up at khutbah and don't listen to anything. You no. Know, those are all wonderful, wonderful things, but the, you know, the, the mind being spry, it should be able to, uh, uh, you know, prioritize things and understand things in their, their correct hierarchy. Uh, and he says uh, that to uh, bathe for Jumu'ah, uh, he uses the word wajib, but uh, the word wajib generally speaking means fardh in the Maliki school with exception of some masail of hajj. The word wajib and fardh mean the same thing. Here he doesn't mean wajib as in fardh, here he means wajib as in sunnah wajib, he means sunnah muakkadah It's a rigorously emphasized sunnah to make, make ghusl for Jumu'ah. The theoretical background of why the Prophet ﷺ made uh, um, Ghusul such an emphasized sunnah for Jumu'ah is because there's a large concentration of people in a small space. And because you have to be so close to people, if somebody smells bad or is in a bad state, uh, um, it will it will harm a great number of people or annoy a great number of people and it will be a distraction to a great number of people so he, he instituted the sunnah sallallahu alayhi wa of bathing for uh, for Jumu'ah the sunnah, the masnoon according to the Maliki school the masnoon uh, uh, ghusl for Jumu'ah is muttasil bil khuruj it's connected to leaving for the masjid it's not just, you know, this is a difference of opinion amongst the fuqaha and the Madahib that uh... Um, that that you know is it sufficient just to take a bath in the day in the morning or something like that, um, uh, and then go about your business and whatever. Malik considered it to be the point. I mean, it's very obvious from the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. People used to come, workers, laborers, things like that. They used to come from their 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 work and from their labor, and they'd be uh, they'd be in a not a not a like the super greatest of states, and then what would happen is they would. Uh, uh, and it would bother other people. So Malik said, the, the, Malik's opinion is that, or Maliki Madhab's opinion is that because the the ghusl is not for the day of Friday, it's not an honor of the day of Friday. Like the ghusl of Eid is an honor of the day of Eid. So even if you don't, even if, you, if you're like in the desert and there's not there's not going to be an Eid prayer for you per se, it's still a sunnah to to, to, to bathe on that day uh, in honor of the day. Unlike that, the, the ghusl of Jum'ah is. In honor of the salat itself, and it serves a very practical purpose, and so Malik considered it that that that, that, that Sunnah Rasul has had how by making it before before you leave, versus just doing it at some nondescript time earlier in the day and then going out about your business and whatever. Well, Sheikh, I have to go to work and this and that and another thing. And what are you saying that, like, you know, like, I can't, no. Okay, fine. Malik's opinion is that you're not able to do that. So, A, it's just a sunnah, it's not a far. B, there's opinions of other madhahib, inshallah. You know, if you can't follow one thing, you follow the other, inshallah. There's some khair in it as well. There's a mercy in the differences of opinion of the ulama. But if you're able to, uh, you know, if you're able to somehow take a shower before going to the masjid because you don't have work that day or because you can make it home that day or whatever, or like, you know your, uh, whatever way you figure out to do it, good for you. Is it something you should like, well, chef, you know, I don't make a whole lot of money and the only way I can do it is to like, you know, whatever, go on hot wire and get a $200 uh, hotel room because I work downtown and then shower over there and then make it. And okay, then don't do it. It's not far, right? Allah Ta'ala, there's a mercy in him making whatever he made the way he made it. Um, and, uh, and, and, uh, that's, that's basically that. That being said, mashallah sabiqun, sabiqun. There are people, some people, mashallah, that the normal folk will think are crazy. From the ummah, Sayyidina Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم, and they love the Sunnah so much they'll do. <laughs> they'll, 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 they'll like you'll go as far as you can go, and then you'll just see them pew, shoot past you, like you know, if you can do it, good for you. If it's difficult, then don't do it. Nobody asked you to do it nobody asked you to do it and it's you know piety is like don't try this at home don't try to be more pious than you actually are you're gonna end up hurting yourself and burning yourself out there's no there's no benefit in that and the fact that there's another person who mashallah has their nafs and check so much that they can do like 10 times more and not burn out that's that's a, that's i guess that that's more of a discussion for for the topic of the soul than it is for fit but this is this is the, this is the mess uh, uh it's maliki fit class so we that's what we're that, that's what we're learning here. وَالتَّهْجِيرُ Lahu hasanun? Tahjir is what? tahjir is, is going to the salat early. And tahjir, uh, um, the time of tahjir starts from uh, 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 it starts from uh, um, the time of the sunrise and it uh, 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 it, it lasts all the way until Juma itself, and so there's a very famous hadith about the tahjir. Um, okay, so من اغتصل يوم الجمعة ثم راحة في الساعة الأولى فكأنما قرب بدنة ومن راحة في الساعة الثانية فكأنما قرب بقرة ومن راحة في الساعة الثالثة فكأنما قرب كبشان أقرا وَمَن رَاحَ في, فِي السَّاعَةِ الرَّابِعَةِ فَكَأَنَّمَا قَرَّبَ دَجَاجَةً وَمَن رَاحَ فِي السَّاعَةِ الْقَامِسَةِ الساعة فَكَأَنَّمَا قَرَّبَ بَيْضَةً فَإِذَا خَرَجَ الْإِمَامِ حَذَرَتِ الْمَلَائِكَةُ يَسْتَمِعُنَ الزِّكْرِ uh, And so, the meaning of the hadith is what? Is that the person who in the first hour of the day. And the word hour here, I don't think it means 60 minutes because people weren't rolling around with like G-shocks in those days. Um, but a sa'ah is, it means an hour also, even in those days, but it means just some amount of time. That the person who goes in the first time, um, the beginning time, that person, uh, and stays in the masjid essentially, that person will receive the reward as if they sacrificed a camel and this is this is a very i mean these hadith are really beautiful because they uh, um they give ways for uh, 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 they give ways for um uh, sorry my wife is calling. Yeah, so they 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 give ways for um people who don't have a lot of money to earn- re- the reward of people who do have money and the other thing is that they in jahiliya they used to consider the sacrifice of animals to be a really big deal, and so it's you it's using it's using that understanding in order to Make people's hearts uh, connected to those things that are important in, in the Deen. Um, the sacrifice of animals is something almost universally considered to be like a sacred act among ancient religions. And Allahu Alam perhaps it's a carryover of some primordial Deen that our forefathers had when the different tribes and nations were not so spread out. And so there's a there's a there's a memory of that uh, amongst people. So the person who goes in the first quantum of time, that person, uh, they'll receive the reward of having sacrificed a camel. The person who goes uh, to the masjid in the second quantum of time, uh, it is as if they sacrificed uh, um, a head of cattle. The person who goes in the third quantum of time, it's as if they sacrificed a horned ram. The person who goes in the fourth quantum of time, it's as if they sacrificed a chicken. And the person who goes in the uh, fifth. A uh, 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 quantum of time. It's as if they uh, um, uh, is as if they uh, sacrificed an egg, like donated an egg for the sake of Allah Taala. So you can see, there's you know de escalation of reward as time goes on. And when the Imam, uh, when the Imam comes to the masjid, it's a sunnah for the Imam to be to just come in straight for the khutbah, not to come and read his sunnahs and sit there. Unlike everybody else, it's an exception. So when the Imam comes in. Um, the angels will, will 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 gather in order to hear, a ذِكَرْ They gather to hear the dhikr. Again, the word dhikr is used to uh, mean the khutbah, the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which can be had without having to hear or even understand what the khatib is talking about. Um, and we've talked about that before, that sometimes not being able to hear or understand what the khatib is saying is a mercy, but we're not going to open that chapter again. By the way, this reminds me, uh, uh, sister, you had asked a question with regards to the reward for uh, 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 the reward for the sins being forgiven from Friday to Friday, mm-hmm. and how is that going to be fulfilled by uh, a woman if she's not going to Jumu'ah, or if she has more reward praying at home. And uh, I actually asked, I mean... I, I, I had a good idea I can how how I can answer the question, but uh, sometimes even I like to hear the answer from, from my teachers. So I asked one of my teachers, mashallah, and he recorded and sent a very beautiful message. And he said that uh, it, it's a beautiful message. Why? One is because I'm very fond of my teachers, mashallah. Perhaps I've mentioned it every now and again. Another reason is because uh, what the Sheikh said was that the point of... The the, the the Sunnah and the point of the deen is not vested in particulars because almost all particulars have some sort of exception or context in which they're they're to be understood but the general theme of why those particulars are useful is uh, because of something called tiba that you should follow follow the commandment of the Rasul wasallam so the rule is if there's ever a if there's ever a an act for which some sort of reward is 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 promised, if following the sunnah precludes you from from that act, then the reward for following the sunnah is greater than the reward for that act, and it's so. There's so many things, you know. There's so many uh, things that a person uh, um, a person could, um, you know, c- can can think about. So, for example, right, there is reward in. Um, you know, there's a reward in saying the prayer properly, right? If someone is about to walk over a cliff and they're blind and you're in the middle of Salat and you're like, you know, okay, like, mashallah, this blind brother or sister is obviously walking toward the cliff and you're the only one who can shout and say, hey, stop, 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 you know? Um, If you shout, stop, 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 it's going to break your prayer. The prayer has a reward in it. But this is something that the, the, the the commandment of the sunnah to save that person's life is a higher commandment than 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 the one of finishing the prayer. Um, and so this is a this is a, a, a very overarching principle that if the, the sunnah commands you to do something, even if there's reward promised for that thing, then by following the sunnah you not just receive the reward for that thing, but you'll receive a higher reward for having followed the Sunnah. And that's the thing, especially if a person makes the niyyah in their heart. Had it had it been possible for me to do this, I would have done it. Then that reward is vouchsafed for that person. And then the following the sunnah is a, a deed separately that has more reward than than that deed as as well. And you get both of them then. Um, and this is uh, this is something like, I remember once I asked a sheikh about about you know what about. What about and this is for normal people, not people who have like a like psychological you know mental health issues that, that have misgivings. There's a different way of treating that. But for a person who's mentally a healthy person, like if you if you wonder you know you prayed and you wonder if you um, you know prayed properly or not, and uh, uh, you know you what should you do? Um, there's a reason to repeat the prayer and there's a reason not to. The reason to repeat the prayer is that there's a possibility it wasn't said properly. The reason not to repeat the prayer is because, uh, you know, it's for a person's own mental health. They should not give in to uh, misgivings that are baseless. So, uh, you know, if it's something that happens often, then there's a different way of dealing with it. If it's something that happens occasionally, uh, a person should repeat the prayer, and then they'll receive, inshallah, the reward for the first prayer, and they'll receive the reward for the second prayer, and they'll receive the reward for being cautious in the middle. So s- similar to that here, is that if there's ever a promise for something in the sunnah and you're not able to fulfill it because of some other necessity these things happen all the time, you know saying that saying al-Qarni, Uwais uh, al-Qarni is who he is uh, um, a person who heard about the Prophet ﷺ and his da'wah, and he loved him so much that he would see him in, in dreams. And this is the, the, the Prophet ﷺ, he said, whoever saw me in a dream, that person has actually seen me because shaitan cannot take my form. And so he asked him, Ya Rasulullah, in a dream, he asked him, Can I, should I, I, wish to, I wish nothing more than to come to you and, and, and uh, uh, accept Islam at your hands, uh, but uh, my mother is old and there's nobody else to take care of her. Um and so Rasulullah sallallahu commanded him in a dream that no you take care of your mother then. And that's an example of what some someone might say. Well, taking care of your mother is not going to have more reward than being companion of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu But uh, ignoring your mother is going to basically gut all the reward that that you would have gotten. So Rasulullah sallallahu told him to do something that this is of higher reward, even though both of them are things that are very high level. And he was a person who. Rasulullah loved so much that uh, he told Sayyidina Umar and Sayyidina Ali anhu that after I die there will be a man from Qarn, his name is Uwais When you meet him, ask him for his du'a because uh, Allah, Ta'ala, uh, Allah Taala will accept his intercession on the on behalf of uh, um, you know uh, of of more people than the, the flocks of the uh, I think the tribe of Kinda, which is is basically a big number, mashallah. And um, anyway, his whole story. There's no. There's there's no need to repeat it right now. Although it would be nice, but we have limited time. Um, the the point is what is that the the point is that a person should follow the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu Not fixate on the particular uh, particular thing and the reward for it, but know that even if the reward isn't mentioned for something, the following of the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu in that in that regard. Is higher. It's higher than the, the the named reward. Even if you don't know what it is, you have a, a, a yaqeen and, and certainty that the the reward is higher. So for women, basically, that means the the reward is higher for us to stay at home. So take that and not be particular about so much attending jumma. Yeah, because I, the reward might include that plus by following this particular sunnah. Yes, right? that 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 is correct and. I would say there are exceptions to it. It's not such a hard and fast rule in the sense that like it is it is better to stay home but there may be reasons a person would want to go to Jemaah like you know you're a student of knowledge and it's going to be some alim who's going to give the talk that the 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 speech of which is beneficial or you know you're going to go insane because you haven't gone out in the week and like the children are driving crazy and blah 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 and all these other things. These are all valid reasons for, for the sisters to go to the masjid and then they should have you know, like the brothers, they should be particular to go to the masjid in a way that's not disturbing for other people, and that's that's that that's you know in line with the decorum and the the etiquettes of going to the masjid and whatnot. That's 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 all right. But in general, all other things being equal, there being no exceptional circumstance that 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 changes things. Yes, if a person, if a woman says that, yes, a Rasulullah said that there's more reward in praying at home. Um, and, and she sticks to that, then that's that's uh, a superior. And I find it funny that there are going to be a lot of people who are going to be like, well, oh, how come I can't go to the masjid? This is bogus, right? And uh, uh, on the flip side, most of our men <laughs> don't go and pray in congregation. <laughs> so, yeah. following the sunnah would do everybody uh, uh, quite a bit of good. Uh, but a lot that have mercy on. So it's funny you say that because with rebirth women, mm-hmm. we come from Attending some type of spiritual thing once a week, anyway, mm-hmm. and we work with non-Muslims all week, so that's our out to be around Muslim. Yeah, like I said, if it's a, if there's a need from another from another angle, there's definitely scope for the sisters to attend Jummah. That's why I was mentioned earlier in the chapter that mm-hmm. that it's if if a woman comes to Jummah, it's it's valid, or if a traveler comes to Jummah, it's valid. They just you know, there's there's it's it's not like. You know, it's not like, whatever, I went to the casinos. <laughs> you know, it's not haram <laughs> or bad luck. You know what I mean? It's just a suboptimal choice, all other things being equal. And if all other things aren't equal, it might actually end up being, you know, the best thing to do. And Allah knows best. But it's important before, you know, jumping in all the exceptions to know what the baseline is. And then afterward, a person can make an informed decision with regards to what is what is best for them. Uh وليس ذلك في أول النهار وليس ذلك في أول النهار لأن مالك رضي الله عنه كره السعية أفوان لها بعد طول الشمس لأنه صلى الله عليه وسلم لم يفعله ولا أحد من الصحابة رضي الله عنه من خوف الرياء والسمعة وإنما فصلنا اسم الإشارة بالسعي لأن الهاجرة شدة الحر وهي لا تكون في أول النهار عند طلوع الشمس فإنقيل كراهة تكبير المشار المشاري إليه بقول المصنفي ليس ذلك في أول النهار ينافيه قوله صلى الله عليه وسلم من غسل يوم الجمعة وقتصد وبكر وبتكرة ومشى ولم يركب ودنا من الإمام ليسمع لم يلغى لم يلغه كان له بكل خطوة عمل عمل سنة أجرا سيامها وقيام وقيامها فالجواب ما قاله بعضهم من أن معنى بكرة أدرك البكورة أدرك بكرت الخطبة والمع ومعنى بتكره في أول الوقت so there's a little bit of back and forth about, about uh, what, the meanings, what the meaning of this uh, hadith is. Malik considered the, the tahjir, the going to the Jum'an, not being from the sunrise time. It just, he's just considered it to mean early. Because nobody... His, his proof is that the Prophet and his companions, Muhammad, nobody used to actually just go and sit down in the masjid after Fajr. And he, he also said that, that, that if you come so early... Uh, the The Salaf were very concerned with riah showing off that you 'll become famous for it, and even if you don 't do it to show off in the beginning but it's inevitably will wor- the worm will- cut, eat its way into the heart, so he considered it just meaning going going early and uh uh and so if the the commentator on this on this point he said that some of the people who argued against uh, Malik's view they they say the hadith of the Prophet, وسلم, whoever uh, um bathed on the day of juma went and washed on the day of Juma and bathed and I assume washing means the clothes because you have clean clothes and uh then bathed themselves on the day of juma and, uh, um, and they uh they went early and they they went early in the morning and got there early and um walked and didn 't ride This is another sunnah of juma is to walk and not ride uh, I know most people live so far from the masjid that it's not always possible, but if it is, the walk won't kill anyone. It's, it is good for you. Uh, and another thing is, you know, I don't know, Allahumma, maybe if you know, you can park like on the other side of the lot or like park in the far lot and give other people spaces and things like that. But the the walking to the masjid is itself. Uh, for, if you can't do it the whole way, then one would hope that whatever part of it you can walk, there's there's a lot of reward in it. So that person doesn't doesn't ride. They walked and they didn't ride, but they walked walked but they did and they didn't ride and sat close to the imam so that he could listen and he didn't and didn't uh, um do other meaningless things during that time like you know be on your phone and all that other stuff people do nowadays or talk to someone else um that person every every step that they take will be written for them as the good deeds of a year uh um the reward for fasting that entire year and for the prayers of that entire year so basically he says that no the word bakara bakara you know means that they just got the first part of the khutbah and ibtakara means that they came in the first time of the prayer um and he goes back bi sadaqati fa al bala la takataha la la um, so he basically brings all these proofs that this this word doesn't necessarily, which seems at first glance to mean go early in the morning, it doesn't necessarily mean to do something early in the morning. He brings all these proofs from other hadiths, which the same words are meant and it's obvious that it doesn't mean uh, going early in the morning. So that's that's something to keep in mind. Uh, Malik though, the old mashaykh, Imam of Hanifa, Imam Malik, they were, they, they were hardcore. They were not they were not like, you know, they used to think about all kinds of things that like you and I would never think about. Like Malik rahimahullah ta'ala, he used to consider keeping masahif in the masjid to be a bid'ah. Like you used to hang out with some hardcore bid'ah police type brothers, right? Did you ever hear that from anyone? No. Yeah. I read that. I was like, "What? <laughs> he used to he used to he used to consider keeping masahif, the copies of the Quran in the masjid to be a bid'ah." And uh, and and I was thinking like and it's like, okay when you read something like that you just keep reading you have to keep reading because you know that there's going to be something coming up, and so the person asks like the, the person might ask why why is it a bid'ah I thought it was a sunnah to sit in the masjid and read Quran, and Malik used to say Malik said that that the Sahaba عنهم, used to go and read Quran from memory they didn't used to read from masāḥif there's no recorded. Uh, you know, instance of instance of an example that there was even one mushaf in the masjid that was sitting on a rack somewhere. Uh, so okay, those people they were the salaf. Malik was the the last of the 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 last of the salaf. They were very 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 super extremely uh, preoccupied with the preservation of the sunnah to a degree. I think people afterward, if they were that preoccupied with it. It'd be disingenuous because there's huge parts of the deen that are missing from people's lives. So to worry about like things like this that are 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 they're much lower in priority than the fact that like, you know, people don't even pray in the masjid at all in the first place. Um, so some of these things aren't like that. You may hear it and you'll be like, Wow, that's wow. And uh, but it's because they were the old Mashaich were preoccupied with things like that. During Malik's time was there Mus, mus- the, the people shidda. people started bringing masah into the masjid at that time he didn't like it he said it's better if you go to the masjid just sit and read from memory mm. that the masahif shouldn't be placed if someone wants to i guess maybe you just bring your own with you or something like that but he considered obviously i think i think this maslah is basically lost in outer space in this age like someone if someone asked me like we're building a masjid should we not bring masahif because i heard malik had the opinion i z i'd be like no just go ahead and put them there because if you don't, then nobody will read anything, and you know. But you have you should give deference to the fact that the, they were thinking at a at a very different level, and they're thinking about things in a different way. If you can't do what they did, at least you can appreciate their thought process and and understand what the hikmah and the wisdom, is behind it. There are so many deeds a person will never do. All you can do is make make a intention in your heart, and uh, and you know maybe Allah will reward you for it because of that. If you do it sincerely, He will reward you for it and that's why it's sometimes the knowledge is more important than the action itself um you, you know the hadith of the prophet sallallahu that uh, um the hadith of the prophet sallallahu is, is is what like the person who makes sincere dua to be a shahid fi sabilillah Allah Allah ta'ala write for him the rank of shahada even if they die uh, in old age on their on their bed uh so that's uh, you know, that's all of these things you, you just make make intention sincerely inside of your heart and uh Allah ta'ala may he write the reward for for all of us wa waliyat tayyib uh uh uh, uh the person should then also put on perfume Obviously, that's only for the men. There's a whole difference of opinion also about the perfume. service Allah said that the perfume of the men is the one that 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 has a strong smell, a good smell, and the perfume of the the women is the one that has a very faint smell that you can only smell from close. Um, but it has like a color in it. So the women used to wear like saffron, for example. The smell is very pleasant, but it's faint. You're not gonna from across the room smell it. Um, but it has like a, a soft yellow type color. Um, for the women, if they go to the masjid, they shouldn't wear any of these things. It's soon enough for a woman to wear perfume and all these things inside the house, not outside. Um, so the 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 commandment here is for the men because they're commanded to be in the masjid, and you know if you're not if you're commanded not to smell bad, then you should also by extension be commanded to smell good um waliyat wa yalbas wa yalbas a person should wear their best their best uh, best clothes because the hadith and, and that the tafsir of that is what is is that they should wear their best white clothes why because the prophet said min thiyabikum fa thiyabikum wa kafinu fiha wear from your clothing white um, because it's the best of your clothing, and uh, shroud in it, you're dead. So white clothes is sunnah for juma. The there's the the tafsir is that for juma the white wearing white is the is the sunnah the best your best white clothes you have, and for the Eidain, it's what the best clothes whatever color they have the best clothes that you have. So you'll see that, mashallah. I enjoy wearing dark colored clothes. But juma usually unless you know i'm caught up and unable to do so i'll wear wear my white clothes i will wear, wear my white turban instead of my black turban and things like that. <laughs> And, uh, a person should, uh, uh, it's, he says, prefer, preferable to us that a person should leave right after Jum'ah is done. And, Allah Ta'ala says in his book, in Surah al ard when the Salat is done, then leave spread out, spread out in the earth, um, but uh, you know this could be this even though it is the the grammatically it's the seetal amr fantashiru it's the amr it can be interpreted either as a commandment or it can be interpreted as permission right the form the, the grammatical form of the command it can mean permission as well as 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 well as a command someone's like can i go go it doesn't mean that they want you to go it's they're, they're, they're they're giving you permission uh, malik Malik uh, considered it however um, he considered it sunnah to just leave after the Jammah is done because the sunnah is to pray your nafils at home the reward for praying in the Masjid of the Prophet which Malik considered to be a thousand times more than any other place other than the Masjid al Haram but in the Masjid al Haram it's just less than a thousand times more it's still more than there that's for the five daily prayers and congregation for the men and this is actually, by the way, Shaykh, he mentioned this uh, uh, sister. He said that, 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 think about praying in Medina Munawara in congregation in the Prophet's Mosque. A thousand times more than any other place. Uh, and it's more than, in, 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 except for what? Except for the Haram Sharif in Makkah Muqarrama. And even that Haram Sharif, it's more than it, just not by a thousand times. So he, he said that when the Prophet said in his own masjid, that is that a woman's uh, prayer is more rewarded in her home. Uh, then that means that includes that includes even the Prophet sallallahu alaihi own masjid. Uh, that means that this is a great like uh, a great uh, glad tidings for the women wherever they are, because just like there's a mujahada for a man to pray and pray in the masjid, there's a mujahada for a woman to pray at home. It's not easy. It means carving out a space in the home in which there's all these distractions and things like that. Um, and so he said that that's that's something that that he actually i remember that now after after reading this part of the lesson that he had, he had actually said that, and he said that the praying in congregation how much reward there is the uh, woman gets more reward than that in her, her in her home but anyway, coming back to the uh what we we're what we we're saying is that the 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 reward is for praying in the congregation every other non non congregational prayer so other than the Idain and the uh five daily five daily prayers and any other prayer that you have to congregate for like the rain prayer and things like that um all the other prayers there's more reward in praying at home even in the prophet sallallahu masjid people go and pray over there because they because they're visitors and because of their شوق and their desire for that for 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 that place that they won't, and they cannot find the 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 benefit and the happiness that's in the Masjid of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam any anywhere else. So they want to spend their time there. But even even that, those people, they'll receive more reward if they pray at home. And uh, there's a different, obviously, there's a different spirituality of being so close to the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in that Masjid. So fine, if you're Afaqi if you're someone from far away, there's I think some. There should be some uh, leeway for a person if they wish to pray their other no and things like that over there but but as far as from, from the reward for the prayer, just the prayer itself is concerned, even even men and women they would have received more reward for praying at home and so Malik the primary reason uh, and Sheikh just told me this this year I, I i never he brought my attention to it. I never really thought about it before or read, uh, or read up on it too much. He said the primary reason Malik considered it to read uh, to pray your uh, uh, Nawafil after the Salat in the Masjid is because uh people they're so excited about Jummah and then they they, they they're after the Jummah prayer is over they just start praying all these prayers and uh, everyone is doing it. So again, he, he he said this is he fears that the person who's uneducated will think that this is a sunnah, it's not a sunnah. Um, and once a person thinks something that's not a sunnah is a sunnah, then it becomes what? It becomes a bid'ah. And, uh, you know, even if you don't like the people who say the word bid'ah all the time, it doesn't mean that the word, you know, that the concept doesn't exist. It is a, a concept in the deen and people misusing it doesn't mean that it's not. And, uh, he, he, for that reason, he, that was the primary reason he considered it better. Just once the slot's over, just everyone should leave. So Mauritania, you know, if you're, if you're done with the prayer, the Jum'a Salat, the Masjid clears out very quickly. Pakistan, they're not Malikis. Mashallah, people be marathon. They be, mashallah, they tag team all the way up until after, mashallah. Some of them, <laughs> it's like Tarawi every night in the Masjid, mashallah. And that's also, there's a lot of khair in that as well. Um, although it's, there are two different ways of looking at it. Uh, he considered it, it is, it is okay to uh, pray Nafal prayers before the Jum'a prayer. Because if you're supposed to be there early... What are you gonna do in the masjid but pray? So he said that it's okay. It's it's okay. he didn't consider he didn't consider it to be good to that to sit pray too much in the masjid after Jum'ah is done, people should just leave. If they want to pray more, go home and pray. Um but it's okay to pray while you're while you're in the masjid, before Juma'ah. Uh uh but the Imam shouldn't do that. And I think we talked about that before that the Imam is Sunnah is for the Imam to just come in when it's time for the uh for the for, for the khutbah to start and just go straight to the pulpit. He doesn't read right and that he should go straight for the member. He shouldn't even pray the two rakas al masjid, he should just go straight for the member. Are there any questions? is it true Malik had a very narrow definition of what is considered the Prophet's mosque? I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll try to look it up and see. Inshallah. What do you mean by narrow definition? Well, it, it wasn't. It's not what's currently what's considered measured the Mevle like the whole expansion. Mm-hmm. It was um, during Hajj they were saying that it's actually part of the old like it's actually literally what the Prophet's Mosque was back when. So I don't. I never. I've heard this attributed to Ghazali. I haven't heard this attributed to Malik. In fact, in the Muwatta of Imam Malik, there's a hadith regarding the expansion of the, the, the masjid that happened in the time of Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And in that hadith, there's actually the objection is raised that you want to expand the masjid. How can we change the masjid of the Prophet sallallahu from the way it was when he was here? And he get, he uh, he said the hadith of uh, the Prophet sallallahu didn't you hear him say, whoever builds a house for Allah ta'ala, a masjid for Allah ta'ala, Allah تعالى will build from a house in Jannah. To say no, it's good to expand it, which is another thing, mashallah, for all of our people who are in fundraising or whatever. You can use that even for expansion (laughs) fundraisers, but Uh, um, yeah. Uh, That being said, I don't know. Maybe there is something that I don't know. It's just right now, it's not the pieces aren't fitting fitting in my head. I'll look it up and let you know. Mashallah, the uh, I I wish uh, uh, I wish that uh, uh, you know. You, uh, Sister Amida particularly that you spoke Arabic, the Sheikh sent a very beautiful uh, reply. Maybe I'm not doing it justice. Maybe I'll try to transcribe it and translate it completely. But he, he sent a very beautiful response. Uh, we should all always remember, uh, Inshallah, that those teachers that brought us knowledge. Uh, not, I'm not blowing the own horn. I'm saying about 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 my teachers that please, Inshallah, as a, uh, as a courtesy for them who taught you know everything without asking for a cent in return uh, and who gave who, who only gave and never took and, and it's not just one generation it's every generation between now and then that you always make dua for them and pray for Allah taala that he rectify their shortcomings and take care of whatever needs they have or if they're gone from their this world their children their progeny and think and and take care of you know all those things that a person if they're busy teaching fiqh they cannot do for themselves uh, that Allah ta'a, give them the best of this world and the hereafter. Any other questions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll send it. Well, well, you yeah, have another friend that speaks Arabic, who's from Pakistan as well. She she can translate it for you okay. too. MashaAllah.